Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to the latest episode of Real Spill with Sean Shen. It's your boy Sean checking in one more time. I'm joined today by my homeboy. Go to go to say what's up to the people, man. What's going on, baby, man? It's a beautiful, sad, the man. Graduation, sad. I just watched my baby walk across that stage, man. Oh, man. man, It, it, it feeds you with all kind of emotions, man. You see, you remember them being a little bit of kids. You know what I'm saying? You remember all the things that you had to go through the whoop the whoop. And man, as a as a as the dad of a young girl, man, your job is to get out of high school with no babies and a good education, man. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like I did that right now. Now, of course, the job don't stop down anybody. Anybody got to tell them know that. But you know, I done got that first leg out the way. Oh, yeah. You know. So you know, man. Well, let me go on ahead and tell y'all what the day is, man. The day is May twenty eighth, twenty twenty two. While we're taking this time out to talk to y'all, I want y'all to go on ahead and reach up there and hit that like button. Go on ahead and follow and subscribe. Go on ahead and hit that little bell too, so that you get a notification every time I drop a brand new video. Now we're gonna go ahead and jump off into the news today, man. We're gonna do the same thing we do every day, every day. Give you the news stories of the day that could affect your world tomorrow. Now the first news story we got up today, we're gonna hear a little segment of the news from from um I I, I forget what channel it come from, but check it out real quick. Columbine, as you have heard anything like this. What Steve McGrew, who heads the, the Texas Department of Public Safety, just described uh, Chris as somebody who covers this. Uh, for a living is, I would say, um, the greatest failure in modern American law enforcement history as it pertains to an active shooter, period. What he described was an incident commander or a situation where, and he says he doesn't know whether or not this incident commander, uh, the person who is the chief of police for the school district, this is his primary job is the safety of this school. Um, what he says is the he made the conscious decision not to enter the classroom while mm. students, as you described, children, as you described, were calling 911 on one particular occasion around either 1243 or 1247. That caller was begging for the police, saying, please send police now. Earlier than that, at 1216, a 911 caller told the operator that eight to nine students were still alive. At that point, a member of the law enforcement community was clearly mm. aware that there were children that were alive inside that classroom and the decision was still not made we do not know and he said he did not know or could not share the information as to whether that information was ultimately relayed to the incident commander who was that chief of police for the independent schools district there but what we do know is that we had somebody who was armed a tremendous amount of ammo by the way we have to discuss extraordinary 1657 rounds that he had purchased he said 350 300 315 excuse me were fired into classrooms at some point. Mm. It is a almost a miracle that we are not talking about mm. two to mm. three times the amount of students that You're are right. here. Um, he talked about the tremendous amount of spent magazines that were found there, uh, but he continued to fire shots. And I just want to double check my notes. Twelve twenty one, he had still fired shots. Um, this was and a apparently on one one call at twelve twenty one, you could hear shots fired. God. That's exactly correct. So we're talking about somebody who was shooting, began firing at the school according to the timeline he put out at eleven thirty one a.m. local time, still firing at twelve twenty one local time. It is not until twelve fifty local time that police shot fired shots inside that classroom at the suspect, and at twelve fifty one, officers were beginning to remove kids from the scene. 
I think a very important point of this, Chris, McGraw could not say, and they have not yet determined whether or not any lives could have been saved if they had moved in sooner. Uh, well, See, man, of course they ain't gonna say that. They don't want to get nobody no reason to sue. They are, they always worried about liability and covering their own ass at the end of the day. But man, I just don't know how I'd be able to cope with this if that were my kid, man. Mm -hmm. Knowing that emergency personnel was on the scene. Is that the spring where we on? They say they had the handcuff made outside. One got pepper sprayed. They ain't yeah. trying to get it. They ain't want to do enough. Yeah, but I, I know if I'm out there and a parent and I'm just watching all these police stand around and standing around. And I'm hearing gunfire standing going on, man. I'm going to go get my goddamn babies, man. I just can't believe, man. Now, the news story that we got, right. it goes to 12 times Texas police have changed their story of what happened. So, According to the insider, the police can change their story 12 times on this shoot. They initially said that the gunman was in custody. We know that not to be a fact man, because the gunman was killed. They say that the brave resource officer had engaged the gunman. We know that's a lie now because now they say that no officer was readily available and armed. So he was there, but I guess he didn't have no arms. He didn't have no arms on him. Mm. <laughs> um, they say police have been consistent in the details of the gunman's attack on his grandma before the shooting and his crash near a funeral home across the street from the school but police initially said the gunman was confronted before going into the school and on Thursday they said the gunman was firing outside the school and entered the school at 11.40 leaving a 12 minute window that was unexplained but then on Friday they said that the shooter actually entered the school at 11.33 Three minutes after a teacher called 911 to report the crash and a gunman on school grounds. So it appears to me, it seemed to me like what they're doing is trying to piece together all the evidence to kind of come up with a with a timeline of where they ain't going to be in as much trouble. You know, I sound like they almost fabricate evidence if you want to put a charge on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think so. It's the police department. No, it's the police department, dog. They got friends in high places. At Wednesday's press conference, McGraw said, bottom line, law enforcement was there. They did engage immediately. They did contain him to a classroom. They put a tactical stack together in a very orderly way and breached and assaulted the, the individual. That was on Wednesday. He also said that officers without hesitation tried to make entry into the school but were stopped by the gunman firing at him. But by Thursday, police said that the gunman had not been killed by a U.S. Border Patrol agent until 12.40. Did you hear who killed him? That's the feds had to come in. Border Patrol said, fuck that, I'm going in now. Oh, uh, man, according to new information on Friday, three local police officers got to the school at 1135, mm. just two minutes after the gunman got into the building and opened fire. Two of those cops were grazed by bullets as they entered the school. And his latest description, McGraw said police exchanged gunfire with the suspect until 1144. By 1151, a police sergeant and a federal agent arrived. And at the 12.03, there were 19 officers in the hallway outside the classroom where the gunman was holed up. So they let him stay in that classroom with them children until he had killed almost all of them. Mm -hmm. 
When asked Thursday why the officer didn't take down the shooter, he said, that's a tough question. It is. And I mean, just like I said yesterday, man, you know, man, when you're in the middle of the situation, it's a, it's, it, it's real easy to Monday morning quarterback, you know, to sit back here and say what they should have did and what really? they should have did and all this right yeah. there. But, man, when you in that shit and you don't know what's really going on. See, right now, we got all the facts. We know it one but one dude and that, this and that. Right. They hearing all them shots. They don't know if it's one dude. He's shooting two rifles, you know. So they don't know if it's one shooter, two shooters. You know, they, they trying to get everything together and everything. And I ain't saying, I ain't trying to let them off the hook. No, I don't think I'm trying to let them off the hook. But you just also got to remember, at the end of the day, these people are human. Yeah, they've been trying and they've been trying, but training ain't nothing like real life, bro. You're talking to a person that's been through training and been through real life. Like, training is nothing like the real thing. You can train all day long. When the real shit hits you, it's still a shock to you. Probably for one, when you're training the whole time, you're thinking that shit ain't going to never happen to him. Right. You know, you ain't taking yeah. that shit serious. Shit ain't going to never happen to him, man. And then the day you wake up, that shit happening at your goddamn, at your school, man, like, you know, man, my prayers go out to the whole region. You know what I'm saying? Because I know that whole region needs some healing over there. You know, it's just, it's a sad situation. I know officers had people inside that school that they done lost. And, and now they under, you know, man, when you get put up under a microscope and people go to examining your every move, and if you made this move right and that move right, man, it's hard to be the person that made every move the exact way that people wanted you to make it, you know. I'm sure they thought by containing the guy and not letting them get to other classrooms, they were doing a pretty good thing, you know. But I guess, man, it's hard to it's hard to imagine what's going through people's minds at a time like this, man. Because it's just one thing about it though; they shouldn't have lied, right? You know, they shouldn't have lied. But once you lie about it, then let us think that you already knew you were wrong for what you were doing. Mm -hmm. You know, you just go ahead and stand ten toes down on what you did, then people will accept your story a whole lot better. Um, but man, if y'all got time, I ain't gonna go through all twelve ways they lied and everything. Y'all can read that for yourself, man. It's on the inside of website. It's definitely worth taking a look at, man. We're going to move on to the next story. I want y'all to hear this little clip real quick, and we're going to go ahead and jump to the next story. Here you go. And outside the door of the classroom, there were 19 law enforcement officers who were not approaching the classroom. It's unclear whether they understood that there were 911 calls, 911 calls being made from inside, right? Can you explain what we now know out of that press conference? For, for me, I mean, Kate, you and I are, you and I are parents. Um, I think probably a lot of people watching this are parents. You don't have to be a parent, <laughs> I think, even to understand the, um, the grief that all of these parents are dealing with, but but also to understand the fact that the lives of these of these children may have been able to be saved if they acted sooner. That especially that 911 call created 1203 that came in. It was the first 911 call that came in from inside those classrooms. See room 112 specifically. See, 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 see. See, the first, I want to stop right there. We're going to listen to the rest of the story a little bit, but I want to stop right there, see. Right. It's people talking like that that causes the division. So, I understand we all love our children. I love my children, too. Right. But, 
Y'all got them officers to rush into that room. So if you're asking somebody to die, first person through the door gonna die. Right. You know, un- un- mm-hmm. unless it's the right trained people who who got the flash grenades and they can throw that to getting fucked yeah. up and all this right here. Prepare if you just ask, if you just asking a cop to just bust through the door, the first one, two, or maybe three, they die. This man got AR-15s. Yeah, the first couple through the door gonna die. Yeah. He gonna get them. Now the ones behind them, they probably gonna be able to take him down. But them first two or three, for sure the first two dead. <laughs> first two dead, for sure. So, you gotta ask yourself, would your husband step up to the plate and be like, okay, I'll be the one to take the bullet. You know, you, you gotta ask yourself that, man, because somebody got to volunteer to be the first person to go through that door. Everybody want to say that you should have did this and you should have did that, man, but you gotta think, man. Buddy want to go home to his family, too. You know, everybody want to go home at the end of the day. Yeah. Isn't that what you signed up for? It might be what you signed up for, but I give them back that $40,000 a year before I be the first person through that door. You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying? I'll take my name off the paper before I be right. the first one to go through that door, man. Man, most police officers didn't sign up to die. They signed up to get a check. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying they're not signing up to goddamn be the motherfucking public servant. A lot of that people signing up to get a check, yeah, man. Right. And at the end of the day, that check ain't enough for my life. What the insurance gonna be? Maybe a hundred thousand dollars. I know that what you get if you die in the military. Hundred thousand dollars. You know what I'm saying? Like shit. Hundred thousand dollars be gone fast. Right. My family still needs shit. I need to be here to get them shit. Right. You understand me? Like no, man. Like shit. Yeah, I think something else should have happened. I, I, I don't think like shit. I, I, I bet if there was some drugs on the other side of that door, they'd have figured out a way to get in there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They do, they do no not warrants all the time. You know what I'm saying? Now I know it's different when this guy is sitting there waiting on you and whoop the woo. But man, like I, I'm sitting here now. And I'm just running through scenarios with my little bit of military training that I got. I'm running through scenarios in my brain about how I could have breached that door and got in there without nobody getting hurt. And it's a hard one. Classrooms are set up to be defensive. Right. You know, once he's in there, he's he's yeah. pretty well. He's in there. Yeah. You know, it ain't but one door for us to get in. We can't sneak around. We can't get down. The windows don't open up. You know, like. In order for you to breach a school, you got to really have some planning there today. Now, um, let's 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 hear a little bit more of this story before we move on to the next story. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Whispering to 911 saying there is a shooter inside our classroom. Remember, they train for these things, schools around the country, they train for active shooter drills. My kid as well in New York City trains for active shooter drills. I do. 1203, she says there is an active shooter inside the classroom. There are eight to nine children alive still. Alive still, meaning at that point, some children had died. Some some children had been shot by the shooter. Those calls continued, Kate, all the way till 1215, when in fact the shooter was neutralized. 1210, 1221. Some of those calls coming from students as well. And so I asked that question during the press conference saying, did that teacher survive? That called in at 12.03. I didn't get an answer. Did those children survive? The eight to nine children that were alive at 12.03 p.m. when she called? I didn't get an answer. All we got was definitively they know 
two of the individuals that called in on 911, and there were multiple calls from inside those classrooms, did survive. The rest of them, they don't know. I'll tell you this, Kate, as well. Yesterday, we thought there was about 12 minutes from which, from the time to which the shooter crashed his car to when he made his way to the school. Now we know that time has shrunk. It was five minutes from when he made his way from the crash site into the school. But the first 911 call, and this is also suspect, Kate, was made at 11.30 a.m. after the crash by the shooter from two folks in a funeral home who were shot at, saying a man has crashed his truck outside of elementary school and he has a gun on him. 11.30, that is an hour and 20 minutes before the shooter was in fact neutralized. Boy, that's a long time, man. That's a long time. Oh, but the next news story we got is feds entered Uvalde school to kill gunmen despite local police initially asking them to wait. See, that's what happened. The feds got there, you know, the feds already know if they on the scene and people keep getting killed, it's going to be rough. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, the, the feds can't have that. And I'm pretty sure the feds got a little better gear. Than what they got, than what the local police got. You know, they say the Bortac team, armed with tactical gear, first did not move toward the gunman. After approximately 30 minutes passed, however, the federal agents opted of their own volition to leave the stack of officers inside the school and take down the shooter. That's what it takes, man. It takes somebody stepping up saying, We'll do it. Yeah. We'll go. You know, and, and, and even on the, even in the military level, it takes somebody being courageous and being like, my squad will do it. We'll go. Sometimes, man, you might need somebody to go do some recon at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning because y'all done heard somebody. Right. You know what I'm saying? Somebody got to get up and lead everybody out there, fam. You know? And, and most of the time, stuff like that be left to a volunteer basis. If don't nobody volunteer, then, you'll, then they'll pick somebody. But they try to leave it up to a volunteer basis. And I'm just pretty sure what this was too, man. And it's hard. It's hard to be that person to stand up and say, I put my life on the line yeah. for the benefit of everybody else. You know, like I said before, man, we just gonna continue praying for everybody involved in this situation. We're gonna pray for the media people that's out there that's reporting it. Cause boy, y'all keep on digging, y'all might end up finding something that you don't want to find. <laughs> We're gonna pray for the police because we need them to still stay on their job, do they train, get everything they need to get right, man. We're gonna pray for they the whole thing. <laughs> we gonna pray for the whole state of Texas, man. Y'all get yeah. you know, nah, nah, man. I hope I, I, I pray y'all some healing down now. We're going to move on to our next story, man, which is a crazy story. We're going to step away from Uvalde for just a minute, take it on down to Utah. This news story starts out like that. And she just said, Mike is. At 6 o'clock, what's going on in Springville? A lot of people there are asking after we learn police are now investigating yet a homicide this is the third homicide there in the course of i don't know why this we, right we don't know. believe there's any connection between these cases lily convoy was shot last wednesday at hobble creek no we can't really get the, that audio good right now we're gonna just skip over that story right now they was talking about they done had three murders in this same town and they were trying to figure out if they are related to the story that we want to talk about 
But the story we talking about, man, is a Utah woman was found in the fetal position and covered in blood after shooting her 75-year-old stepdad in the head. Like, bruh. <laughs> bruh, like, man, man, shout out to all the stepdaddies out there, man. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you doing a job that another nigga didn't want to do. You know what I'm saying? You took a responsibility up that another nigga wasn't man enough to be responsible for. You know, because see, I my baby mamas, you know, I, I got kids that ain't with their mama, but they ain't, and no one got no stepdad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because they always had a dad. Right. You know what I'm saying? They, they, they mamas got boyfriends and everything, but they don't call that nigga they stepdad. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying now, so but other people, they have stepdaddy because they daddy, they real daddy don't put in the time, the effort, don't send no money home, don't do nothing. And so when you got a guy who done did that for you, you should give him the utmost respect in the world because he didn't have to do that, bro. Right. And I, she 33 years old. Ain't no telling how much that man done helped her out over her life when he didn't have to. Now. She ended up locking herself in the bedroom for the police came. She shot her she shot her stepdaddy Michael Huff, who was a decorated Vietnam War veteran. Um you know, shot out Vietnam War veteran. My daddy was a Vietnam War veteran. You know. Speaking of the Vietnam War, this ain't got shit to do with this story, but they treated a lot of them black soldiers a whole lot worse than they treated them white soldiers. You know. White soldiers came home and they was able to get help and they was able to, to you know, get phones and, and get disability and everything mm -hmm. like that with no problem. Whereas black soldiers, like I said yesterday, they don't never take our mental health into accountability. They had, like, because we live in the hood, we supposed to be able to take anything. My daddy had to watch his best friend brains get blown out while he's sitting right beside him on patrol. And that man could never get a check from the VA. Mm. That man could never get a check from the VA, but I read stories of people on him who seem like they doing all right, got a hundred percent disability out here committing crimes and shit, you know. But um, he shot a stepdad in the head. She ain't shit. I hope they grease up a broom for a man, cause cause people like her just it's just fucked up, bro. Maybe. It's just fucked up, man. They say dude was a nice dude. He'll do anything for anybody. Like I said yesterday, too. Don't nobody ever say that nigga want to shit me dead. <laughs> None of that really mean nothing to me. Everybody was the nicest guy in the world when they did. But when they was here, you ain't going to see him. <laughs> you ain't going to see him, man. We're going to move on to our next news story, man. We're going to play this little bit of this audio for y'all real quick. Off after the Texas school shooting, Giants manager Dave Kapler now saying he will protest the national anthem. KPIX 5's Charlie Walter is here with his comments. Charlie? First, it was Steve Kerr on Tuesday, and now Giants manager Gabe Kapler using his platform to spark some sort of change. Kerr made the passionate plea for safer gun laws before Tuesday's game in Dallas. Today, Kapler wrote a blog post where he expressed his disappointment in the country for lack of political action in the wake of these mass shootings. Before today's game in Cincinnati, Kapler said he will not come out for the national anthem going forward. I don't plan on coming out for, for the anthem going forward until I feel like um, there's, I, I feel better about the direction of our country. 
So that that'll be the step. I don't I don't expect it to to move the needle necessarily. It's just something that um, I feel strongly enough about to to take that step. Kapler had a really powerful line when he said, "Quote: When you're dissatisfied with your country, you let it known be known through protest. Uh, the home of the brave should encourage it." I wholeheartedly agree. But where was that when Colin Kaepernick was trying to say the same thing? <laughs> you know, Colin Kaepernick was just trying to say the same Maybe. thing. He was dissatisfied with his country and how he was being treated in his country. You know, like, I want to see how Buddy career going to end up. Because, you know, Colin ain't still, he had a practice. He had a try this week. But we ain't seen him on an NFL field since then, bro. Like, Nah, nah, it's gonna be the popular thing to do. A woo, the woo, but man, uh, no, man, no, man. If, if, if we can't goddamn do it, don't nobody. Eric Reed still ain't never got no job back. It's a lot of people who didn't get their jobs back, man. After that shit, nah, and man, like I like I said the other day, man, it's all right to protest as long as you ain't protesting for black people. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. January, that January 6th shit. Now, I ain't gonna cap a lot of them motherfuckers going to jail. Mm-hmm. They're going to jail, they're getting probation. Like, it ain't like ain't nothing happening to them folks. Now, them, but now, it ain't as popular, it ain't it ain't as publicized as it ought to be. You know, because mm-hmm. in order for you to really to, to make a point nowadays, that shit got to be viral. Yeah. You got to make that shit viral, man. Goddamn. And y'all the one got the control to make shit viral and what ain't viral. Goddamn. We need to know every step of the way. Like, the story we did the other week that nobody else was talking about when old boy got, got sentenced for the for the um for the George Floyd thing. Right. That should have been viral. Yeah. Everybody should have known that. Yeah. But you ain't know it unless you watch this. And ain't that many people watching it for the world concerned. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like it's like throwing rocks and hiding your hand. We get to see the rocks, but we don't get to see where it came from. Don't nobody ever let, like you don't get to see the end and the thing. Like we need to know what happens to these people right. so that other people can be deterred from doing the same thing. But yeah, man. Oh man, that's that's a wild situation, man. Old Gabe Kepler, man. Gabe said he ain't coming out for the national anthem no more. Boo the boo. Um. I don't even know if the Giants any good this year, man. Dude, is it going to make any difference, man? I don't even know who Gabe Kapler is. At least I knew who Colin Kaepernick was before he got down there. <laughs> man, we're going to move on to our next two stories, man. Right. We got two stories that's, that's kind of near and dear to me. <clears throat> First of all, you know that the that rifle that was that was um used in the shooting right. was made in Georgia. Yeah, man, this new story right here going to speak on that a little bit. Y'all, hold on. 15 tactical rifles. Revered by gun enthusiasts, the NRA calls this America's rifle. With a powerful shot and little recoil, the AR-15 proves especially accurate and lethal. Used to kill supermarket shoppers, worshippers, and children, including the students in Uvalde, Texas, and 17 people at a school in Parkland, Florida. It's not only been five years, it's been more than 250,000 victims of gun violence since my innocent son, Joaquin, was shot four times with an AR-15. That's manual. Our stands for the original brand name 
Armalite rifle, but it now refers to a style of semi-automatic weapon, accounting for 20 million guns across the U.S. A white shooter used one to target black people this month in Buffalo. The Uvalde killer fought two for his birthday. How does an 18-year-old purchase an AR-15? That person's not old enough to buy a legal drink. Familiar to gamers, the popular Call of Duty franchise put the U.S. Army equivalent M16 in millions of homes virtually. The military and civilian models, nearly identical. It's a versatile, easy-to-own rifle, and that's why it's so popular. Canadian firearms stores can no longer legally sell AR-15s, but gun rights activists here still defend them. Why would someone need an AR-15 at home? An AR-15 is no different than any other centerfire semi-automatic rifle available in the United States or in Canada. It's, it's simply just another firearm. Americans buy them for self-defense or just recreation. They inflict more damage than a handgun and can include a feature to prevent jams so the shooter can keep shooting. Like I was saying, the one that made, the one that got shot over there in Texas was, it came from over here in Georgia. They retail for $1,870, man. Mm. Now, like we were saying yesterday, that's a lot of money for an 18-year-old kid, especially one that didn't graduate high school. Now, he had two of them, and then they tell us he had like 3,000 rounds of ammunition. Yeah. Who is bankrolling this shit? That's shit. I don't think old boy from Buffalo should have been able to afford $1,800. Mm -hmm. Like, these, these motherfuckers is driving cars that ain't worth $1,800, but they can go put $1,800 on, on a rifle. Like, more than one. I'm, man, like, I don't, I just don't understand, like, why ain't nobody trying to find the money. Whenever they're dealing with drugs, they always look for the money because they know they can take the money once they find it. You'll probably be able to take this money too, man. Look into it, man. It's got to be a conspiracy charge somewhere now where you can take the money. But we need to stop this kind of stuff from happening. The only way you're going to stop it from happening is you stop the funding. If you don't stop the funding, they'll just find another clown, another easy target, somebody else who they can talk off their square, and they'll have them do it. They don't care nothing about these people that they no, sending no, out there. No, no. You know, man, we just, man, we got to find the money. Where the hell is the money coming from? But the last story I got today, when we're going to end our show on this, the two key words from the Second Amendment that you will never hear on conservative media. You know, the Second Amendment reads that a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state and the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Now, that thing say, shall not be infringed. It don't say shall be infringed for this reason, shall be infringed for that reason, shall be infringed if we have a, a, a terrible tragedy. It don't say that. It say, shall not be infringed. I don't think the word is that strong on our goddamn amendment. Whatever they talking about, we ain't slaves no more. I don't think our word is that strong. So, what I'm trying to get across to people that, yeah, it's a tragedy that happened. I, I, I wish I could say that nothing like that will never happen again, but I can't. But, this is chess. It ain't chuckles. Right. 
if we let them take away part of that amendment that is written so strongly, it ain't but a matter of time for they come for something else. Right. You know, and, and like them QAnon people, I ain't no QAnon person at all. I only know if I'm saying it right, but them Q people, I'm, I ain't one of them at all, but sometimes they have a good, they have a good point. You know, we know that the CIA and other government agencies have done things to get the American public to feel a certain type of way so that they can do something else and the public can be behind them. We, we've got paperwork on this stuff. Right? They, they've done it. We we know everybody watching Snowfall know the CIA was bringing cocaine dead into California. Now, the, now I ain't gonna count. The way they made a sign before was like the CIA was bringing crack into the yeah. The CIA didn't bring crack into the hood. Goddamn, Rick Raw brought crack to the hood. <laughs> the CIA was trying to if, if if the story is actually accurate, the CIA was trying to make their money out the rich people in LA. And goddamn, mm. uh, Rick Raw was like, "Shit, yeah, I can make him." Yeah, big way. Yeah, but um. That's that's just the thing with me, man. Like I'm all for, like I said, I don't even know if we can put provisions in there, like I was saying yesterday. But we already got the provision that you got to be 18. So I don't think adding one more step to that could hurt nothing. You know, at least 25 before you can get an assault rifle. At least 25. You know, it's just we 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 got to do something because. These eighteen year olds, and you can't even say white kids no more because that dude, that was a brown kid, I believe. Right. Like, it's just it's 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 the kids, man. They they so easily persuaded into something. You can you can sway them this way and sway them that way. But um, that's gonna be the end of the show today, y'all. That's all the news I got for you. I want y'all to think about that and that Second Amendment thing, man. Um, Gutter, you got something to say to the people before I get ready to get up out of here, man? Man, it's gonna be a pretty sad of the day, man. God damn, going over Aunt High for a little while. Drink, gonna gonna have a good damn time, man. I just want everybody to be safe out there. You know, it is sad. You gotta believe they're gonna have them roadblocks out tonight, no matter where you're at. You know what I'm saying? So be safe. You know, don't ride with it on you if you ain't got to. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Do your best, make it back home to your people, man. Cause the people love you, they need you, man. At the end of the day, that's what it's all about, man. Being able to come back home at the end of the night. And I had a good time with y'all, man. God bless all of y'all. Don't forget, hit the like button, follow, subscribe. Make sure you hit that bell, man. We're gonna get back with you again tomorrow, y'all. Make sure y'all tune in for another brand new episode of Real Spill with Shine Shin. And I'm out.